When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lovey Smith is back in the NFL as a head coach. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I could not be more pleased. I truly believe in my heart of hearts that he deserves another opportunity to be a head coach on the NFL level. And I don't know why Bears Twitter has decided to make this a new issue. What are we doing out here? Why is Bears Twitter and Bears social media and everything, why are we at odds with each other? Can we can we not agree that David Montgomery is a good running back? Can we not agree that we're going to keep Justin Fields as our starting quarterback for the foreseeable future? And Lovey Smith, why are we upset at Lovey Smith? If anything, we let Lovey Smith down by giving him the quarterback play that, you know, let's be honest, I don't know, our guest, I don't want to. I don't want to speak for anybody or anything like that. But I think that we could have done a little bit of a better job uh, providing him with some offensive stability during his time as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. And I'll, of the Chicago Bears, and I'll be perfectly truthful with you. For most of you, not some old heads like me, but for most of you, Lovey Smith was the best coach in your history. You don't remember Ditka. You're too young, and so for you to sit here and take shots at Lovey Smith. It's uncalled for, and I'm fired up, and this is taken to the ranking. You know what, Sammy? Let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment. Like no other, it's going to be sick. Welcome to the Sick Podcast, everybody. Adam Rank here on a Tuesday night, Super Bowl week. And I'll be honest with you right now. I have had some great fun. If you've been watching uh, my antics on the NFL Network, me and Bridget Condon, uh, we have been at Venice Beach. We have been at Warner Brothers Studio Hollywood, doing a lot of great things. I was in front of the Batmobile today. The Batmobile, the one driven by Michael Keaton, not Batman 66, but the Michael Keaton one that a lot of us uh, cherish to this day. Nothing is as cool as about as what I am about to do right now because somebody who's joining the show right now is a former SEC Defensive Player of the Year, a three-time or a multiple, a three-time All-SEC performer, two-time All-America. He was a fourth-round draft pick of the, two, of, the, of the Chicago Bears back in the day, played on our Super Bowl team. And he is one of the better follows on social media. So let's, without further ado, let's bring on Alex Brown to be joining us. Alex, What's oh up? thank you so much for being here. I am thrilled to be mm-hmm. in your presence. How are you? Oh, man, I'm fantastic. I, I'm i super pumped about this. I, I've been thinking about it all day. My wife tells me, she's like, hey, make sure you don't forget the show, all right? Don't forget the show. You got to go. Because I was at my daughter's, um, they, they had a basketball game tonight. So she's like, all right, you got to go get, you gotta go do the show. So we're super excited about it. I mean, it's it's a good time. I mean, I, I respect what you do. I respect what you say. Um, I believe you know football. So to sit on here and have a conversation with you is fantastic. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, I appreciate it. I hope your daughter's not upset with us for making us. No, no, no. You didn't miss the game, did you? you? You didn't miss the whole game or anything like that? They were, they were up by 30, so we're good. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, you're, it's a blowout. Okay, that's all good. It's long. I don't want her upset. I don't. That, that's the last thing I want. I don't want to understand. Uh, upset the family or anything like that. But there, it's kind of an exciting time for the, Chicago ba- uh, for the Chicago Bears. Excuse me. Matt Eberflus is the new head coach of the team. How do you feel about that hire? 
I'm a defensive guy. Yeah. So getting a defensive guy back in the helm, back at back and a football guy, a guy that believes in uh development, a guy that believes in running to the football, a guy that believes in holding guys accountable and making them do their job. And if you're not going to do your job, then they'll get somebody else in there to do your job. And now he's putting people around him that seemingly believe the same thing. So, and now, I mean, I, I love it simply because we're, I mean, we're going back to a four, three, yeah. Four, three in my mind is not a trick em defense. <laughs> I went down to the saints for a year. They ran a three, four. And when you start to, you get those four linebackers moving around you're almost you're wanting the offense to think four are coming from this way when in, in actuality four are coming from this way. In a four three, it doesn't matter. I mean, the quarterback they know if it's two high safety, they have an idea of what you're in. If it's one high safety, they have an idea. So it's up to that front four to get to the quarterback, and I love that. Yeah, I really like it too, and I love the philosophy, and I love that he's coming in and the guys that he is going to count on in his defense or spots where the Bears are really strong in. And, of course, I think of Darius Leonard and what he was able to do with Matt Eberflus. And then I can't help but think of what Roquan Smith is one of, what he's going to be able to do with this defense. How do you think this benefits a player like him? Oh, I think, I think he's going he's gonna to learn pretty quickly that there's another level he can go just by being in better shape. I think um, when you look at Roquan, he's a hell of a player. Now, don't get me wrong. He's a really good player, but he can be better because if he can be a little bit faster, I mean, that's all it takes. That's the difference, right? That's the difference between the guys that are special and the guys that are great. Right? Like special is, is that old saying where it said you lost a step or you lost a half a step. Well, that half a step is what made him special, right? Yeah. So yeah. if he can get in, if Eberflus can help him gain that half a step, whew, man. Then, then there wouldn't be an argument when we're talking about he, Warner, and those guys. I think he would be a clear cut um, half a step ahead of those guys because being a full step ahead of those guys is saying a whole lot. You know, they're really good. No, 100%. And I know one of the things that he mentioned when he came in during his introductory press conference mm-hmm. was that he warned the players that they were going to have to put on their track shoes. They mm-hmm. were going to be in, in better shape. Now, as a former player, if you were sitting there on a team and your incoming head coach said that, would that would you be fired up or would you be like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to run too much. You know what? I know I know you're really good at this. So you must have did your homework on this one because I have a great story about this and I'm oh. sure you heard it. Okay. So. I might have I might have heard it. Listen, okay. I want to hear it. it's not it's not it's not good if I tell this story. I want you to tell this story. True, true. So, Lovey, I'm 2004. Lovey comes in. I'm sitting in Puerto Rico. I'm 282 pounds, okay? 282. And that's as big as I've ever been. So, and Lovey, because in Dick Jerron and uh, and Coach Blotch's defense, you had to be bigger. There were bigger guys. You had Ted Washington yeah. and Keith. And then the defensive ends, um, Daniels and Brian Robinson, they were all 300 plus. So me, I'm coming in, I'm 250. They're like, you need to gain some weight. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then Lovey comes in. I get a phone call in Puerto Rico. I'm on the beach with a Corona in my hand. <laughs> and Coach Smith is like, well, Alex, we're going to need you to lose some weight. It's like, okay, sure. When? Oh, well, when you get back. That's in like two months. Well, how much weight? Well, we need you around 50. Oh my gosh, that's 32 pounds I need to get rid of before I get back. And I needless to say, I mean, I couldn't do that. I got down to about 262, and that was 2004. And then when I, I really think I took a step forward um, as a defensive end, as a complete defensive end, was in 2005. And that's when I was about 255, 253, and I played the rest of my career around that around that weight. So. It was unbelievable. So, yeah, I've been through that. It is a shocker. And that first year, 04, training camp, we had guys going down with hamstring injuries and everything. But once you got used to it, it became the norm. The guys that can't get used to it, they'll be replaced. 
That's just how it is. So because the coach is going to demand that out of them. You don't, when the ball's thrown, you don't turn and watch. You run to the ball. That's it. They'll they'll understand it a little different, and it will be different. Um, there won't be any fat on any guy. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was you know, and you know, Lovey Smith liked to use acronyms. He mm-hmm. used loaf and things oh, like yeah. that. Oh, you know, and 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 Eberflus is doing. Uh, he even used loaf as one mm-hmm. of the acronyms. Do players find that hokey, or is that just something? I, it feels like I again. I go back to Bears Twitter. And everybody's trying to nitpick everything. It doesn't bother me that he uses it. I think it's kind of cool, and I think it's it's like a good sign to get back to football. Right. I mean, you that that's how you um, that's how you identify something negative. I mean, nobody wants loafs as a player. Nobody wants those. So a loaf is a change of speed. You should be full speed all the time. If you have a change of speed running to the player, like. You're running after a player and then you change and go faster because earlier in that play, you thought he was going to be tackled. Then all of a sudden he wasn't. Now you got to speed up to try to go catch it. Well, that's a loaf. Even if you go make the tackle, it's still a loaf. So, you don't, if you compile too many of those, well, that's just that, that's negative football. So, you can't play negative football. You got 10 guys, 11 guys running to the ball when they fumble you get that fumble as opposed to the offense recovering a fumble. So mm-hmm. that's why you want all the guys around the football. I put up a, I put up a, a little 15 second video of um, the bears of us playing the Vikings and Travis Taylor caught a yeah. pass out in the flat. And it was like 10 guys. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like, and that was, that was the mentality and if we get back to that, we have the talent on this team to do exactly what Lovey did, which is come in in 04 on a very poor team. And then two years later, we're sitting in a Super Bowl or making that Super Bowl run. So I think we have the talent on this football team. I would absolutely agree with that. And before we, we do have some questions coming in from the from the audience. But I do want to ask you real quick, because I mentioned it off the top. Lovey Smith is back as the head coach of the Houston Texans. What did you think about that when you heard that he was going to be given another opportunity here in the league? I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I mean, I was actually one of the one of the guys saying that well, the Bears should actually give him a call because I think that type of not many people teach that type of mentality. I mean, if you if you follow Lovey Smith when he was at, when he was at the Bears, we led we were somewhere in the top of takeaways. Yeah. When he went down to U of I. U of I, it was the same thing. They were in the top 10 in takeaways. Like, that is something he preached because um, now he's at Houston, and it, I mean, he's been there for a year, but in, yeah. a, in a little bit, I mean, he, he's going to change it because he preaches it. And the way he preaches it, it honestly gets on your nerves. It honestly does. Yeah. Because it's one of those, every, every incomplete pass, every, every time the ball touches the ground, act like it's a fumble. Yeah. You pick it up and you return it as if you're returning it for a touchdown. So what does that mean? That means all the other 10 guys that don't have the ball, they got to go pick up a block, right? So that's even more running. So not only do I turn and I sprint to the football, if it hits the ground as an incomplete pass, then I got to go find a block and lead that guy to the end zone. It seems tedious. It seems like it's just a headache and he's just just on you. But in the game, when it happens, it just you, you the switch just goes and you you turn and you get a block and that guy he's going for a touchdown so like during that time when Lovey was here I'm pretty sure we scored more touchdowns probably oh. since '85. <laughs> like, oh my God, Mike Brown was score every time Mike Brown was healthy and on the field he was scoring a touchdown. Oh, yes, like I felt like absolutely. if I it it to my recollection I think he was second to Walter Payton in touchdown scored or at least it felt that way. <laughs> At least it felt that way. And that's the one thing. And a defense like that travels. That plays everywhere. Plays in domes. It plays at home. Plays on the road. And it beats teams like the Packers, which I, I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to that at some point in the near future. Let's uh, let's start taking some of these questions. I have other questions for you, but I want to make sure the people uh, who are joining us here, Bear Down wants to know, Alex, do you know anything about the uh, DL coach the Bears just hired? Yeah, we just hired a brand new Defensive mm. line coach. Do you have any intel on that? No, none. 
No, like no. I was counting on you. <laughs> I am gonna. I am. I'm honestly gonna. Um, I can't wait. I don't. I don't want to go to. I guess their past because I think what he's running into right now. I don't think he's had that where he was at. Well, you got yeah. Quinn on one side. You got Khalil Mack. I'm not sure if Akeem Hicks is going to be there, but you still got Eddie Goldman. And then the the most interesting guy for me is watch how Bilal Nichols plays yes. in this defense. Watch how he plays because that's him. He's not a 3-4 type of guy. No. He is a 4-3, three technique, getting up the field, like single gap. That's him. When you see him blow up this year and have eight, eight and a half sacks, don't be shocked. I'm not going to be shocked at all. I think that he's <laughs> tremendously talented. Yes, he's good. I, I, you know what? And, and it's, you know, two years ago, mm-hmm. Bobby Quinn signs with the team. And I know the sack numbers weren't good. But mm-hmm. according to Next Gen Stats, he was top 10 in quarterback pressure rate, which I think a lot of people overlooked. And this mm-hmm. year it translated to sacks. I think once you put him alongside a healthy Khalil Mack, that defense is going to be unleashed. And I think that that defense is going to make them very competitive right off the top immediately, depending no matter what happens with Aaron Rodgers. By the way, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, we got to pull up this photo. Sammy, do we have the photo? Let's, we need a little bit, little bit of a backstory here. This is from your Instagram account. And yes. uh, I, first of all, I know that he loves to talk about how he owns the Bears and everything. Like, it wasn't always like that. Right. Why? How, how do you – what happened? What What is going on in this play? Because I understand that you don't get credit for this sack. No, I don't. Because I, I, I kind of tilted it up a little bit. And my guy, Adewale Agunye, gets on to me a lot. Because if you pan out and you see the whole play, he has right. his legs wrapped up. And then I come in over the top. And it's like – I don't get any of that sack, but the way I put it on my Instagram, oh, it's a yeah. hell of a play. And it's on Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah. So that's the backstory of this. And every time he – so he started following me, and he'll every time he sees it, he's like, seriously, when are you going to take that picture down? Oh, my like, gosh, really? Or, or, or how about you pan out a little bit so everybody can see the entire play? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no chance, no chance. Never. Why would you ever? Listen, if you got to crop it, you got to crop it. Like, listen, that's that's a play that lives in infamy. By the way, I know this is the dumbest point to make, and you probably don't care one way or the other. I I missed when you when the Bears wore all white uniforms, the white tops, the white bottoms. I always thought that was a cool look. I don't. I didn't. No, no, I did. I, I truly didn't. I, that's actually the one I hated the most because <laughs> I thought it made me look even bigger than what I was. Oh no. No, seriously, I, I like I have a picture like my my first or second year I'm in all white. Oh my gosh, I look like I'm 400 pounds. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I don't hate white on white. I hate it. <laughs> all right, oh, listen, that that's a little bit of insight. Maybe I know the fans love it, but perhaps that the players they want to be very slimming. The black is very slimming. It makes it makes more imposing, you know. And I think of all the Devin Hester highlights with him uh, with the dark pants, and you always think to yourself, like, okay, yeah, like that looks good. That looks like a like a good uniform. But in any event, let's go on to another fan question. We got one, Sammy. I got more, but we can we have more from the Sams. Uh yeah, what do you we talked about this, Max, but talk a little bit more about switching back to the four three. And is that I know that it's I don't know, like sometimes Bears fans get accused of living in the past too much, but I just really think that the four three defense is just the way to go. I do too. I think I think it's simpler. I think um, the players don't spend a whole lot of time thinking, and then what it truly does is puts a lot of pressure on the scouting department because your your four guys up front have to beat those guys. You know they have to beat them, and then it puts pressure on the the training, the um, meal plan, like because you have to understand that in a four three. We're talking about guys that are just nobody fat. They run all day. We're talking about machines here. Whereas, yeah, you can have some crazy talented guys in a 3-4, but you don't need it. In a 4-3, if it's good, you need it. It has to be good. Like Lance Briggs, I, I bring up him all the time. When he when Lance would come to practice or when he show up for training camp, 
if we were going to be pretty damn good at the beginning of the year. Because Lance would come in at 2.30, 2.35, and wow, just amazing. When he came in at 2.48, then it was like, okay, we got to wait till he get down a little <laughs> bit. You know? <laughs> so, but, like, Erlacher was always in great shape. Um, you got Agunier and Israel Adonage who they ate perfect all the time. Tommy Harris was a machine yeah. at what he ate. But, um, like, it was just we had the talent. So it put that emphasis on getting really good football players. Uh, so you didn't have it, – it wasn't trickum. There wasn't anything tricking about them. We were running this. How many times we went out to the game and we knew what we were going to run? Didn't matter. Yeah. Our, our 11 guys were going to beat the hell out of your 11 guys. That's just it. I like that type and, of football. <laughs> I do too. And, I again, we I'm going to be somebody accused of living in the past, wanting to run a 4-3. But how does it help the secondary? Because I think one of the biggest issues the Bears are going to have or people always point to is that there's issues in the secondary – can the switch to 4-3 help out the secondary? If you got the horses up front, yes, because they know when he's going to throw the ball. I mean, Nathan Bassett is a hell of a player, don't get me wrong, but Nathan knew that there are no double moves. You know, if like if, yeah. if a receiver tried to run a double move, the quarterback's going to get sacked. So he's jumping, slanting goals. They don't care about that. The slant, he's going to get it. He's going to get it, and you saw Nathan – doing the hula and going to the Pro Bowl because he was picking it off, taking it to the house. So it, it makes guys believe what they see, believe, trust your eyes, and then trust your defensive line. A lot of times we would go back if the, if Peanut or Vasher or those guys got put in a bind and we gave up a big play, we'd go back to them as like, listen, my bad. Just keep doing what you're doing. We're going to get home. You know, like you got to go back because it all works together. That's what they're going to understand, that it it all works together. If the, if the defensive line is going, those corners don't have to cut very long. If we're having problems, because you're going to run into offensive lines that are really yeah. good. So um, so you can't – I mean, look at San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco put Trent, Trent Williams out there one-on-one with, um, with gosh, our guy, uh, yeah. 94. Yeah, they put him out there one-on-one and turned the protection. With Quinn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Quinn. Dang, why I couldn't think of that. It um, didn't turn the protection to uh, Khalil Mack and um, Hicks in that way. So if you got a guy that's, that you can lead one-on-one, that puts a lot of pressure on those guys, on those three guys now to beat four, and that's hard. That's hard to do. So I am interested, though. I, I think I, – I don't – I haven't heard many people talk about it, but – Khalil Mack four years ago, I wouldn't be too concerned. But today's Khalil Mack in a 4-3 playing on the run side. So he's going to be playing on the side with the tight end. So he's going to be the one being double teamed all the time. Mm -hmm. I think that's a different beast than – I don't know if he can handle that. I I really don't. So that is what I'll be watching in this 4-3 because he has to be able to handle that if they're going to be successful – because we had Ogunlier, and he was fantastic at punching that tight end in the face and driving him back and then being able to anchor down when they came with that double team. So I'll be watching that pretty close. Yeah, do you have any update on him coming back from his injury or anything like that? Or have you has he spoken out or anything like that? Do we have any insight what he's up to these days? No, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had any uh, insight on it. I saw that he was in um, Europe. Uh, yeah. Visiting the Coliseum, I saw that. Um, we do have the same agent. Uh, well, I had we had the same agent. I don't. I mean, I still talk to the guy, but he's not really my agent because he don't right. make any money off of me. So I don't know if I can really call him my agent anymore. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> so, but I mean, I'll I can I'll definitely uh, reach out to him as as the season um gets closer, just to see what he thinks. If he's gonna be a hundred percent, or is he gonna hit a hundred percent again? Because that's going to be key. Khalil needs to be as close to 100% as possible because as special as a player as he is, he's still not getting any younger. Yeah. So I think what we saw, and this is what we, what we have like in our brain, and we want this every single week for Khalil Mack, is when he came here, that Green Bay game, we want that every week. 
well, you're not yeah. going to get that every week, you know? And you're definitely not going to get it now because I think it's more of a three or four times a year than a weekly thing now because he's gotten older. Yeah, that's very true. We got a question from John Hackett. If Mac is a question mark in the 4-3, why not get what we can for him right now? Why wouldn't they trade him away or let him go or do what you got to do? I, I said that last year, honestly. I, I said it last year. I didn't think this team was going anywhere last year. I thought he had value um, last year that someone uh, would have actually gave up something for him. Not to say he doesn't have value now. It's just not as much, I would say. Uh, I'm, I don't know if we were in those talks when the Rams were talking to uh, Denver about right. Von Miller, but we should have been because yeah. he can definitely do what Von is doing. And we definitely are in a position where – we need um, draft capital. So that would have helped a lot, uh, but it didn't happen. So um, I don't know. I I think he is a question mark. Maybe they don't think he's a question mark. I'm sure he doesn't because, hell, he's he's made what? all He made all pro at linebacker and defensive end in the same year. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, good. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's done it all. And I think that, you know, if it was on this show, I know I've said it. By the way, I got to retweet this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not bored or anything. I got to go back, make sure I'm tweeting this out to everybody. See, I have these responsibilities that they give me that I always, I always shun because I'm. I'm too busy talking to you. I don't want to be on the. I don't want to be on Twitter. That's what I do when my wife's trying to talk to me. That's when I'm on Twitter. But no, in all seriousness, I. Um, I think that with Cleo Mack. Moving him in April might not be the move because I don't think the value is going to be there. But I think that, you know, if the Bears go into next season and it's apparent that they're not going to make the playoffs or they're not going to make a deep run of the playoffs, that they could be in a very similar position to what Denver was this year to where Khalil Mack goes to a contender. Like, let's say next season the Cleveland Browns are doing really well, but they need that edge rusher. They need somebody else, like an extra body. I think that's when somebody like Khalil Mack has a lot of value. So we might not even get a draft pick for him till 2023. So that could be a little bit of an issue. Yep. No, I, I can definitely see that. Um, I got, they, they didn't, uh, somebody that needs that pass rusher so that might get them over the hump. And if indeed that uh, the Rams actually go out and finish this thing, then I think it'll be thought of even more as something that, that has been successful for other teams and recency bias might just um fall in our favor on that one yeah you know what and it's because the nfl is a copycat league and i think i think tampa bay did it a little bit two years ago they Mm -hmm. obviously brought in tom brady but they didn't stop there they brought in gronkowski they brought in antonio brown they i know they kept you know nadamican sue he had his best two years in recent in recent time because playing with that defense and everything Mm -hmm. i really do believe that the nfl could start shifting in that direction where we get these teams that when you get a short window of opportunity to go out there and win, you go take advantage of it. And thankfully to our benefit, the Packers haven't done that. And they've let Aaron Rodgers just kind of wallow. They never trade for anybody. Like keep doing what you're doing. Green Bay love to see it. You know what I've I've said since he was drafted to Minnesota that, Oh my gosh, how much of a headache would we have had the Packers taken Justin Jefferson? (laughs) Like, oh my God. It's like, insane. They, like, they I have, don't, I, don't I don't understand. I've said this time and time again, and I know the Packer fans love to get up here and act. They, they, they love to think that they are the, the Lakers of the NFL. And it's like, bro, you're the Mavericks. You've had this <laughs> generational talent, and he's gone out there, and he's yeah. won as many NFC titles as Rex Grossman. No disrespect if you're friends with Rex. I apologize. Yeah. Yep. I don't. Yeah, I don't he's I don't, actually my best friend. He's like my half brother. But okay, it's okay. I mean, I'm. I don't mean that. I know you're Florida guys. I don't mean that in a bad way. I love. Listen, he's a like. I have. I listen. If Rex was in front of me, I'd be like. I would. I would wilt and be like, "Oh, sir, pleasure to meet you, sir. I'm sorry that we. But you know. But as the guy who sits here and does this for entertainment, I'm like, oh, he's. Did I make my jokes? This is what I do. I'm sorry. Yes. I don't. I mean, no disrespect with all the, but again, like he, listen, he's won as many, he's won as much as you, Aaron. And that's the thing. And you know what? That's the one thing about Lovey too, that always irks me is that you look at what 
uh, Mike Holmgren, Mike McCarthy, all these guys, like their resume and Lovey's resume is very similar. Yes. And if and if by the grace of God, if we would have been able to beat the Colts in that Super Bowl, then Lovey Smith's resume would be on par with all those guys. And yet everybody, and everybody, but but still, people want to act like Lovey can't coach, and it just bothers me, and it boggles my mind. So I'm again going back to a point that we made earlier. I'm just so happy that he's back in the NFL. Me too. I, I'm very happy. I, I do hope that because uh, you have a lot of the situation, like even at the Bears, and now then when he went to Tampa, and now even at the Texans, he's had the same issue, and it was that quarterback, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's like. Gosh, if he can get that fixed, like just if he can have a team that has the quarterback position fixed. And with Rex, I think I think Rex got hurt. Like he just got hurt all the time. Like yeah. he played one full season. And I mean, that's and you can't do I mean, you can't get hurt. I mean, you gotta somehow stay healthy to be able to play in this league. So, but with Jameis, that was terrible. And now whatever's going on with the Houston um quarterback situation. So um, with Jay Cutler, I mean, gosh, like you just you get handcuffed by a huge contract and all the draft capital we put into that. Like it was yeah. just, it was hard, man. That, that was tough. So he still was able to put together really good teams. The teams like, were good every year. Like that, yes. there was not there, was, and there was never there was never a lack of effort. Like that is the one thing <laughs> that I think we should all remember. Like if you want to come back and pretend that Lovey wasn't a good coach. That's ridiculous, but okay. Like you could never fault the effort of the team. Like always competitive, always in the playoff hunt. Like things that like would now be considered a luxury. Like we made the playoffs. We yeah. I hope you don't mind me saying we all the time. No, I but, uh, but um, 2018 a different beast because that was a decent team. Good, good team. That's a good team. That wasn't a deep. That was a good team. But then the other ones, like the other eight and eight team. The eight and eighteen that made the playoffs, and then whatever you're like, they just there just was nothing there. Like you, you didn't feel like you're watching a team that was given a great effort. Not that the players were dogging it, but this is like I don't know. Love these teams were just different. They just performed differently. And I think in Tampa Bay, they didn't they get they got rid of once they got a quarterback, they got rid of Lovey instead of getting him an offensive coordinator. They got a, they brought in Dirk Cutter. Like why yep. would why did you think that was going to work? Like it didn't work at ASU. It didn't work wherever in Atlanta, wherever he was. This was a guy that took over for Dan Hawkins at Boise State and somehow was being granted an NFL head coaching job when he'd done nothing anywhere. Nothing. Nothing. I'm upset. I'm upset, Alex. It makes me it makes me first. But that's I, let me see if we have any more questions because I want to make sure I, I don't want to ignore people. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest, obviously, but uh, I'm hearing that we could get Devonte Adams. I don't know where JF one bears forever is hearing this, but on a scale of one to 100, how hyped would you be if we could actually go out and get Devonte Adams? I, I'd first think, how much do we have to give up? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Even if he was a free agent. Yeah. Like one, that's the first thought. The next thought is I think, I think that Devonte Adams is the best receiver in football when he has Aaron Rodgers throwing him to football. Yeah. I don't think he can do that with a subpar type of type of quarterback. I, I just don't. I think, Aaron Rodgers puts the ball on the money every time. Like, yeah. I've had this argument. I'm not going to say at the bar. I'm going to say down in my basement a number of times that Jerry Rice, I think, is one of the greatest receivers ever. Just put him as the greatest ever. Well, hell, he had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks throwing Thank him the football. Like, you. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from Jerry. But, no, no, not at all. I mean, Randy Moss, I saw <laughs> and Randy Moss was pretty dang good. Tory Holt and and uh, Isaac Bruce was a lot better than what people give him credit because they didn't have the great quarterback play early on in his career. It's just I I don't know. I that's how I see it. Um, I, I do believe Reggie 
Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jerry Rice is one of the greatest ever. Yeah. But for people to just stamp him as the GOAT, greatest of all time, I think there's something to say about the two Hall of Fame quarterbacks throwing to him. 100%. And you know what? I know a lot of people like to point that out. I will say this. Montana won two Super Bowls before Jerry Rice was ever drafted on that team. Jerry Rice did not win a Super Bowl with Rich Gannon or any of those other players. I know he went out there and performed well. He's great. He's one of the all-time greats, the best to ever do it. But I always, I'm always a little hesitant to call him the GOAT, like the greatest player of all time. I'm like, listen, if it's obviously Walter Payton. If it's not Walter Payton, if you want to bring Jim Brown into this, I'm like, okay, I'll listen to it. I'll listen to that conversation. I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to agree with it, but I'll listen to it. Walter Payton, there was nobody ever who did more with less than Walter Payton, who took a team that was not good, no quarterback, nothing, and still was out there rushing for 14 to 1,600 yards a year. So yeah. I'm, I'm not about to hear it. So I agree with you, and I agree with you with Devontae Adams. Like, we probably both feel that Justin Fields is going to be a good good quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL, but why would you indre- inve- invest any sort of draft capital or any sort of big contract in a wide receiver right now? Why wouldn't you wait at least one more year like be realistic about this. Like try to get the most and maximize maximize your enjoyment. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're going to go to the movies, don't don't show up 3 hours before the the previews start. You start you show up right when you when the when the picture's going. And I think that's what we need to do. Uh but what about uh what about thoughts on Calvin Ridley possibility possibly mm-hmm. coming to the Bears cuz I feel like the price for Calvin Ridley is considerably cheaper. He's not going to cost you the money. I don't think he's going to fetch the draft picks that a lot of people think that he's going to be bringing in. So what would you think about somebody like Calvin Ridley? I, I need to bring him in. And this is, I mean, I'm, if I'm the, we're talking about this as if I'm the general manager. So yeah. I need to bring him in. I need to talk to him. I need to see how much he loved football. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what the hell happened this past year. I don't know what happened, but I need to know if you're going to, play for my football team. I need to know what's going on. Are you good? Are you good? Are you ready to go? Um, if there are issues, I totally understand that. Everybody on the team has personal issues. You know what I mean? So I don't yeah. I don't really just put that to the side and say, well, yeah, go take care of your stuff. No, we still got a job to do here. And I need to be able to count on you if we're going to invest X amount of our salary cap into you. So I need to have a conversation with him. I, I like the talent. True, I, I like the talent. I think I, I think we could get him, like you said, a much cheaper price um, and not so far off the table as far as production than a Devontae Adams. So yeah. I like it, but I would have to have a conversation with him. Yeah, I would want to make sure that he's committed, ready to go. Right. I think that he is one of the most talented guys in the league when he's healthy and available. But again, it comes down to the player. And listen, no disrespect. If you do not want to play football, like it's under, like people retire, like it's okay. Like it's not like you shouldn't be ashamed or anything like that. It's difficult to put your body into that situation week in and week out. So it's a very fair question to ask. And, you know, and if you could get a satisfactory answer that he wants to play and continue, then yeah, I would be willing to look at it, but I'm not giving up a high draft pick for it or anything like that. I know people will, Throw around like, well, we don't have a first. You're like, we would, ne- you would never give up a first round pick for no Calvin way. Ridley. Like, this wouldn't happen. Even, even the Eagles who have three first round picks, like, even one of those, like, they're too, they're too precious. You don't want to give those away. So, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. all right. Do we have any, what else do we have, Sammy? Do we have some other questions? Because I have some other things. Uh, if not, okay, for AB, uh, with a new look, NFC North, will the Bears have a chance to make? the playoffs next season? Ooh, man. Yes. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they have a, they have a chance. Um, yeah. But the first, first and foremost, you have to win your division. That has mm-hmm. to be the thought. Win your division because that's the easiest way into the playoffs. Okay. You win your division. Now you don't control what the other teams do. So whether or not Devonte Adams is here, whether or not, um, uh, Rogers is here. I don't know what uh, Minnesota is going to do at their quarterback position, but they seem like they love Kirk Cousins. They love Kirk Cousins. They love him. Like, 
<laughs> keep loving, loving Kirk. But I would be more concerned with just our team learning and understanding the system. I am a big believer, and I've been through it, from that bigger type defense to a thinner, faster, meaner type defense. I shouldn't say meaner because that, that suggests that 3-4 isn't mean. They are mean. But, yeah. like, you need to, like, be a little thinner. I'd give it two years. i give it two years, and I'm telling you, like, you'll see this Bears team if these guys buy in. And we make a couple really solid picks. Like, just think about what what the Bears did in 04, 05. You get Tommy Harris. You go and get Tank Johnson in 04. Ian Scott is already here. 05, you turn around. And you, like, um, well, 06, you you bring in Mark Anderson. You get Devin Hester. Like, you start putting together these pieces. You Like, you bring in a Daniel Manning. Like, these guys are really good and it's not it's not necessarily the superstars you have on the team it's the dip that it takes when that superstar is tired because nobody plays 100 percent of the plays outside of the quarterbacks i mean oh you know what right. offensive lineman because i was gonna get a i get a text from olin on that no, one so no, no. offensive lineman they play all the plays defensively it's it's that next guy if you remember and i know you will rank that when we played Carolina in 2005 and they threw that touchdown late in the game to Steve Smith, Peanut wasn't on the field. Nope. It was the backup. He fell down. I, I mean, Steve Smith ran a go route. He just fell down. Like, how the hell right. do you fall? And that's you know what? what he, I've heard Steve tell this story. He tells a much different version, but yes. That guy, he fell down. I mean, it, it was a mismatch, of course, but – Peanuts tired or whatever was going on, he had to come off the field. Or you get in a Super Bowl, and now you got a, a rookie in oh there. Oh, my God. Yes, and Daniel Manning in it. Like, it's just like the miscommunication happens. So, like, give it – I say give it a year. Um, So maybe not next year, but I fully expect to be in the running and at the end of the season be there to win the division or an opportunity the division in two years fully expected i agree you know what because they're gonna have to figure out and it goes back to the conversation we had about you being on the beach in puerto mm-hmm. rico you mm-hmm. obviously responded and even mm-hmm. though you responded positively it took you two years to get ready there are going to be some guys this is not going to work with they're not going to be ready to go they're not going to be in shape maybe khalil back khalil mack is not going to be able to play in the four three anymore and that's fine and there's like no disrespect to anybody for whatever, there's just going to be a little bit of a change. So I think that the most optimistic view for the Bears next season is that Justin continues to develop, which is great. And if they make the playoffs, it'll probably be similar to what we saw out of the Philadelphia Eagles this year, where first couple of weeks of the season, it looked like Nick Sirianni didn't know what he was doing. And you're like, ah, will the Eagles be in the, the market for another coach? Then they turned it around. And honestly, the NFC could be a lot weaker next year, especially if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, if Russell Wilson goes to Pittsburgh or whatever it is. Like, it, it could be open that they could sneak in uh, as the seventh seed. They, they naggy their way into the playoffs. But I don't think that they would be serious. I agree with you. I don't think that serious contenders can't happen until at least two years from right Do now. You, would you, like, I keep hearing that about Rodgers. And Denver, and I've been hearing it for a little bit. It's like, why would you go to Denver? Now you got to fight. Now you got to fight Kansas City. You got San Diego right on their tail. Like, the AFC is insane. Burrow and that young group, they're in the Super Bowl right now. (laughs) Why would you go to the AFC? I don't – like, if you're Rodgers, what are you thinking if you do that? Because I, you have to beat a lot of really, really good teams to get there. I've, You know what? I've actually changed my tune for that very reason. And we brought this up on Good Morning Football. I think it was two weeks ago when I was filling in for D'Angelo Hall. And I said, or maybe it was last week. I don't know. They're starting to run together. But I'm like, I don't think that – I think that Rodgers is savvy enough to mm-hmm. to not win playoff games, but to uh, – to also be able to read situations like that. Like, why would you? Like, you get to battle Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, 
I think Justin Fields is going to be very good, but he's going to be in his second season, first year with a brand new offense. So you know what? Like, why would you leave that situation? You know they're going to franchise tag Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, like I would come back. Like who are, and by the way, if Tom Brady doesn't return, uh, I know he's kind of floated the never say never. And I think the fact that Byron Leftwich did not go to take the head coaching job in Jacksonville could mm-hmm. actually bring Tom Brady back. Cause I just don't think that he wanted to deal with Bruce Arians one-on-one. Like he needed that Leftwich buffer okay. in between mm-hmm. them. So yeah. I don't know this. I'm not predicting <laughs> anything, but I'm just like something to keep an eye on. But I think that Rodgers will look at it, and you know, obviously Drew Brees has retired in recent years. The Rams will be coming off a Super Bowl run, and we know that these teams hit a – you know, the, the Buccaneers did it this year. They ran into a little bit of a Super Bowl wall. But I think Rodgers is smart enough to be like, yeah, my, better, my best chance to win is to stay in the NFC. Let's do a last, last dance, which, by the way, Aaron, you can stop. Again, stop comparing yourself to Chicago. Stop comparing yourself – to, to, to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan never lost the finals. Michael Jordan was 6-0. and Multiple MVPs. Like, stop it. You're a regular season. You're, you're Terry Cummings. Like, I don't know. Like, knock it off. I was trying to think of the Milwaukee Buck that never won. Um, he's, he's paid Manning prior to, prior to 06. Let me ask you this question. Okay, I've been dying to ask this question. You just gave me the entryway. And I, listen... Because again, we talk about you talk about like Steve Smith has a story about 2005. Mm-hmm. Reggie Wayne, oh my God, I love Reggie Wayne. But uh-huh. his his stories about the Super Bowl, I'm like, were you? I know you were involved in the game, but you can't seriously believe the words that are that are coming out of your mouth. Now, you win the NFC Championship game, you beat the New Orleans Saints, the Patriots are up 21 to three on the Colts in the AFC Championship game. Were you, and you don't have to answer this, but I would just be curious, were you or were you not relieved that you were facing the Colts instead of the Patriots? No. No way. Okay, so there's two different things that happen here. First off, I'm sitting there watching the game with Lovey Smith in, um, we're in a steakhouse. And, oh, gosh, what? Dang, oh, man. But I, it'll, it'll come to me. Uh, It'll come to me. But we're sitting there watching it, and we had played New England at their place earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. We took the ball away five times. We had five turnovers on our offense, or five or six on offense. We thought we could beat them. Now, defensively, defensively, I hate being in my stance for 32 seconds. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what you get with Peyton Manning. There's a huddle, he gets to the line, he's a hot, 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 and then you got your Omaha coming, and like, but you're in your stance. I hate that. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't care, but if I could choose, we had already played New England. Yeah, that's true. I thought we, I, and, and it was at their place. I believe we had a, we, we could have beat them. Um, Oh, I, actually yeah. think, I actually think we should have beat Indy. But oh, 100%. With, with a Peyton Manning, with a Peyton Manning-led football team, when you give up 200 yards rushing, you're not going to win. And that's what we did. We gave up over 200 yards in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And for some reason, now, this tells you how good our team was. We gave up 200 yards rushing. We had a touchdown where the guy, Reggie Wayne, was running wide open. He didn't make any crazy moves. Nothing. He was shocked he was wide open, okay? Shocked. And Tank Johnson had Peyton here. He just kind of threw it up because he was so open. But, like, you go through that game, and with three minutes to go in the game, you have the ball, and we're only down 22-17. If we score a touchdown, we win the Super Bowl with everything bad that had happened. I think that's just a testament of how good our football team really was. So I think we had a, the best defense. I think we had the best special teams. And when you look back on that offense, the offense was actually tied with New England at 27.2 points, if I'm not mistaken, for yeah. second place in the NFL. So our offense was good. Our defense was good. Our special teams was fantastic. So I thought we had the best team. We just – it's not basketball. It's not baseball. 
You don't get to play a seven-game series. It's one day. So I promise you, everybody in Chicago, if Peyton Manning had caught a stomach flu that morning, out in Chicago, we'll give a damn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was thinking about that game, too, because Devin Hester has the return. You intercept Peyton Manning, I think, is the next offensive play. Oh, my gosh. I thought the game – I'm like, ah, it's over. I I was wearing my dad's starter jacket. We spilled Takati's on it because there was a a table. Because once Devin returns that ball, a table gets flipped at the bar that we're at. Things go crazy. Things are going off. Um, But in any event, I don't know. I don't want to bring up old stuff. It's still a a fun memory, but still. uh, What about – any more questions? I know I've been ignoring the questions. I don't know how many we got. Uh, why does this Wi-Fi suddenly look where's Crystal? What did you do? Uh, yeah, how is that possible? You know what? So, cuz, and I, we have a show yeah. together, and my Wi-Fi always messes up. And I went and talked to AT and T about it, and I told them, "Listen, what I've heard is that Comcast is coming. They're coming to the area. Rest assured, I'm gone. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe they gave me a little more juice tonight. You know, they heard." Maybe. They heard I was going to be with Rank, you know? <laughs> it is uh, it is amazing, uh, the stuff that you do with Bear Down Cuz. Now, we had Mikey on last week, too. I'm just picking up uh, everything. Obviously, I, I like to think of us all as one big family, so I do appreciate you coming on. I'm glad your Wi-Fi works better for me. I mean, that's just... No, that's just the way it goes, Mikey. That's just that's, that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, let's take a moment, though. I want to talk to you. I want to go back to the Bears hiring. Do we have the graphic of the Bears hires? Because uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I think that, you know, one of the things I really love is everything that's going on with the NFL. And there's a, a big talk about diversity. And I know that Lovey Smith was the coach uh, for a long time here. But I think that when you look at the Bears organization right now and you look at these hires, mm-hmm. to me, when you have an offense or excuse me, a general manager who's black, uh, the franchise quarterback for the first time in, in club history is black. I know we've had Cordell Stewart and Vince right. Evans play there for a while, but our franchise quarterback is black. Our defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, is but I I think this is a good thing for a charter franchise. What does it mean for you as a as a former player? I, I, I like to see it. I mean, um, but I, I like more that I I like to lean towards they got the guy they believe was best for the job. Yeah. And that's the way I would like for people to see it. Um, not that they're filling a, a quota or filling or trying to be different um, in a way. Yeah. It's these guys were the best guys available for the job that we wanted. And we drafted them. They just happened to be black. That's how I would like, like it to be seen. Um, but uh, a sense of, um, uh, I don't want to say pride, but a sense right. of um, like that, that things are moving because when you look at the head coaching jobs in the mm. NFL, yeah, there's crazy discrepancy and there should be more. I mean, you, black coaches should be in this NFL. I mean, lovey, it shouldn't take lovey. It yeah. shouldn't take lovey as long to get another head coaching job when Dennis Allen went out and stunk at Denver, and now yeah. he has another job, you know, another head coaching job. You know, like he – like it's just – he was at, at the Saints when I was there mm-hmm. and goes and gets a head coaching job and then leaves, and then now all of a sudden he has another one. And Lovey just got um got an opportunity where he had to go back to college, come back through, be an assistant, and then get a head, to- head coaching job. So I just think it's different. I mean, you look at Mike Tomlin's story – and being the D.C. at Minnesota for one year, well, hell, he was coaching for 12, 14 years prior to that. Yeah. It just so happened he blew him away in the interview and got an opportunity to coach and then did a really good job and just, I mean, well, I shouldn't say really. He did a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal at that Pittsburgh. So um, you see other coaches that aren't getting that chance. I don't understand why. Eric Benham is not getting an opportunity. I don't understand um, why uh, other black coaches aren't getting the opportunity. But when they do get it, I don't want it to be looked at as their black coaches getting hired. They're right. Coach for the job being hired 
that's what I would like for it to be. Yeah, and I, I think that you're absolutely correct. And I do feel that, you know, the Bears just went out and hired the best guys. And I guess that's that's the, that's another bigger point about it is that none of it seems forced. Right. You know, none of it like Ryan, Ryan Poles is a great candidate, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that, you know, we're not sitting here at the end of the hiring cycle asking ourselves the question, why didn't he get an opportunity? And mm-hmm. I think it's great that Alan Williams, it just seemed like the next man up and it, it just makes perfect sense. And it's not, it doesn't seem forced or anything like that. It just seems like somebody is ready for that opportunity. I just, you know, I, again, though, I just, I, I, I agree with, I, I, I know what you're saying. Like, you don't want to think that get, pride is the wrong word to use for it, but yes. you do like to see like, okay, there is some, there is some positivity. There are, you know, there are some coaches that are getting a, a chance. I'm glad it's with the bears. And I like the way that the team is set up. And I do like the fact that we got, a lot of our first hires. Were you one of the people, like, how did you feel like when Harbaugh came out? Were you a, a pro Harbaugh person? Because, I mean, I kind of like, I like Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. I think Harbaugh was great in the NFL, but whenever you hear something like 10 years, 100, like, no, no, no. I can't do anything like that. <laughs> well, um, they want that commitment. They want that time, right? They want that time to be able to, to build a team. So, if I'm on the other side, yeah, I want that time. <laughs> Give me that 10 years so I can I don't feel that pressure to like do something tomorrow or the next two years. I mean, we're right. we're right there in Chicago. I mean, you understand that when the Cubs, and I know I'm going to baseball here, but when the Cubs general manager came in and he came out in front of uh, all the fans his first week on the job is like, hey guys, listen. It's going to take a few years. We might suck the first two years, but I'm going to win a, we're going to win a championship. You can't do that in the NFL. No. Like if you don't turn it around right, right away, I mean, just look at the New York Giants. I mean, they're already trying to find a new coach. Like it's just yeah. – like it's, it's, it's always – you got to do something quickly. I mean, Lovey Smith was great. We almost didn't get to see Lovey like play it out because, hell, we started out 2005, one and three. Yeah. If we continued on that road, he doesn't make it to 06 where we eventually get to a Super Bowl. So it's just, it's so, you have to do things. They want that, uh, in the NFL, they want that quick satisfaction. They want that quick turnaround. And when they see it happen, then they believe, okay, I know it can happen. I need you to do it. It's like, well, I, mean, I want the 10 years. As far as Harbaugh, I like a coach. You look at his history. I mean, he's a hell of a coach. So yeah. I never played for him, so I don't know how he is in that aspect, um, how it is to play for a guy like that. But, um, like, I, I love Sean Payton, but I don't want to play for Sean anymore. Like, them yeah. two days, I can't do. I can't do it anymore. It was, oh, man. And 110 degrees down in New Orleans, now nah, I'm good. I'm good. Not, not going to happen. Yeah. it is. I mean, it's one of those things, too. But I, I guess it's like anything. You know, there's a lot of things I would love to do. But sometimes they give you the price tag. You're like, no, I'm okay. Bottle right. service, bottle service in Las Vegas sounds like a lot of fun. But when mm-hmm. they tell you it's going to be like, you know, eight hundred dollars for a bottle of Grey Goose, no, I'm good. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go over to O'Shea's and pay a dollar for a Michelob Ultra. I'm going to be okay. Uh, this, this, and so same, this, this same, this same Grey Goose that's thirty eight dollars in Walgreens. You're charging me eight hundred? No, I'm good. We're not, we're not having it, but I do think like with the way everything is set up, mm-hmm. it does feel like an organization that has a definitive plan. Yes. They're moving forward. They've expanded the front office. They've expanded other parts of it. So I don't, I always want to give Chicago the benefit of the doubt that if they came out and they were, let's let's say they were below 500, but mm-hmm. there were signs like Justin Fields is developing. The defense is playing hard. There's just a little bit of bad luck that maybe Chicago would give them the benefit of the doubt. But then I know at the same time, there'll be a coach to be like, Eberflus needs to be fired if he doesn't win 11 games this year. He, he, I think for the, if you, if you look at how the defense is um, built right now, I think we do need to see some success pretty early because I understand what Robert Quinn did this year, but he's in his third. Look at Khalil Mack. We talked about that earlier. He's getting a little older as well. Um, when Lovey came in here, hell, we were all in our – we were 25, 26 years old. Like, that's where we were. We are in the prime of our career. So, um, 
I think if you don't see anything in the next two years, you're starting to see guys leave. Yeah. You start to see guys because you can't, you can't keep them. You know, you can't keep them in hell. At some point, we have to pay Smith. Yeah. And not getting cheaper. So we have to pay him at some point. So um, by that time, if you're here, now you're going to be looking at Jalen Johnson, and he's going to be looking at getting paid as one of the top corners in the league. So yeah, that money has to come from somewhere, and that salary cap is going to be what it is. So, And maybe Thomas Graham starts playing well, you know, oh, too. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, yeah, I get excited now. I always, I always downplay it like, ah, we won't be good. And then you're like, oh, wait, no, but there is good players. Because, you know, like like nickel corner is a spot, is you know, that is an important part of this defense. And if Thomas Graham could come in and play the nickel corner, now you're like, okay, we got Roquan. Mm-hmm. We got the nickel. We got a pass rusher. Like, they should be good defensively. And should, you know, we should go back to beating the Vikings and Lions within no time. And so maybe split with the Packers. Now I'm talking myself into the playoffs. This is, this is what you did to me. <laughs> Ricky Manning Jr. Ricky Manning oh Jr., 4-3 defense over in uh, Carolina. They went to the Super Bowl. Came That's to the true. Bears, went to the Super Bowl. 4-3. That is a very, very important position in a 4-3 defense. You need a guy that can play it, that can make plays at that position. If you have it, now that I mean, obviously there's other things you need, but uh, you need that three technique. You need that middle linebacker and a safety. So you need a, a big time player at each level. But that nickel position is a very important piece. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that 100. Sammy, were there any more questions? Do we have time for one more? If not, I've got one. Okay, question: Is it justified or just paranoia to be worried about Justin Fields? No, I I wouldn't be worried. I mean. I actually worried at all. I'm I'm still enamored with his talent, with how talented the kid is, and how high I believe the ceiling is with the proper coaching and him becoming an NFL quarterback. So I don't think he got that this year. I mean, I I don't go any further than um, I think it was the fifth or sixth game of the season when he went out and played against Cleveland, and from the day you drafted him. You didn't have anybody else like him. Yeah. So Foles isn't like him, and Andy Dalton, damn sure, ain't like him. Ain't like <laughs> nothing. So there is a there has to be a package for him. And he went out in that game, and it seemed like the coach had nothing for him and didn't adjust at all. So I don't think this past season did him any justice. I don't think it did him any favors. Um, uh, maybe learning what not to do. Uh, but hopefully – um, we got a new coaching staff in, and we can actually teach him how to play quarterback in this league. I, th- I think we have a pretty good number two receiver, and Emmanuel Moody. Or, um, Darnell Mooney. Uh, Darnell Moody, sorry. And Darnell Mooney. So, like, I, I think he's pretty good. I don't know about Cole Komet. I Like, like I, I really want to see – like, I, I know, and everybody probably wants it. Like, I really want to see Kittle – I really want to see a Kelsey, like any move he made, give me a Kelsey every now and then. And yeah. I just never see it. I see a cleaner cut Adam Shaheen. That's yeah. what I see. I don't, I see a stiff body that, eh, yeah, I mean, okay, you know, he can make some plays, but he's never going to be that big time playmaker at the position. So are we still looking for one? Like, I don't know. That's something too. I, I, I ask you. I know. I wonder if Horst is actually a better player. If that's the guy that we should be looking at. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like he has. I mean, if you look at the tight ends that were making the better plays, it was Horstead. Jesse James had some nice catches. When you look yep. at the Justin Fields highlight reel, I do want to pull up this one quote by Justin Fields. If Sammy can show that. Um, I thought this is the one thing that I really love about Justin Fields is that the leadership role Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I think is immense. I think that the one thing that really strikes me about him, like when you saw, and again, I don't want to disrespect Mitch Trubisky or anything like that. There was something about Mitch where it was like, I don't know, like you're watching uh Friday night lights or something. And you're watching an actor reciting lines of what a quarterback should say. 
when I read these from Justin Fields and I see his mannerisms and I see his demeanor, I feel like he's a real quarterback. Is that fair? Yes. I, I think you see a guy that believes in himself. I go go back to go back to their draft day when Mitch was the only person, the only person. Uh, no, he was shocked too. There wasn't anybody not shocked that he got picked at two. Nobody. And he came out and said it. Like he was shocked that he got picked. This kid right here was shocked that he got picked where he got picked. Yeah, like, he, he thought he was the best quarterback. I, I live down outside of Atlanta now. Being in this area, you start to hear stuff about fields and you start to hear stuff about um, Lawrence when they were coming up. And every time he played Lawrence, he beat him. Yeah. But I'm, I'm talking like in in um in seven on seven as well, like in high school. Everything. Every time. But he never got that what Lawrence got where he is unquestioned the top dog. Right. So Lawrence was the top dog at Clemson and he was deemed the best quarterback no matter what. So there's always that chip on his shoulder. And I think that's what we see. We see a chip on a kid's shoulder from Georgia. I mean, the kid works his butt off. He he bets on himself. But he, yeah. he betted on himself when he saw that what they were doing at Georgia with Jake Fromm, he knew he was better than Jake Fromm. I'm not going to sit on a bench for two more years watching Jake Fromm. He bets yeah. on himself, goes to Ohio State, and here we are. You know, so it's just I like I, I like everything about the kid. I, um, great kid. Um, from what I hear here, grew up in a great family. Um, he shows it, I think, on the field, that leadership you're talking about. I just I, we need that person in place to help him gradually become a better and better quarterback. And I think he's going to just take off and we're going to have that quarterback we've all dreamed of um, in our lifetime with the Chicago Bears. I agree with that. And that was probably the best place to end. By the way, they're turning off the lights behind me. I don't know if they're trying to give me a hint, like, Rank, we need to go home. But uh, but by the way, I wanted to thank you so much for uh, stopping by this evening. This has been a pleasure. Listen, when I first figured out that you were following me on Instagram, I started tripping. Like, oh, this, because sometimes you feel like it's an accident. And then every once in a while, I noticed that, like, you would look at my stories and I'd be like, he might actually be following me for real. And then, no, it's cool. No, like you're a former player. You're, you're somebody of importance. So you and Owen and all the, everybody does, you guys do a great job. Uh, I don't get a chance. Obviously I don't live in Chicago, so I don't get a chance to see your show uh, after the games, but I do love watching clips and I love watching your guys' banter. It is one of the coolest things. And uh, I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you being on and I hope we can do it again real soon. Yep. I, I sure hope so. I really appreciate you having me on. It was, it was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And is there anything you need me to plug? Any social media handles or anything? I don't know. I'm no, used I mean, to people being like, I got to come, come, come uh, buy Tide for me or anything like that. If there's anything that I hey, missed, let me know. Listen, I, the fact that I'm on here, I'm good. Now, next time I'll have a list of stuff to plug, but this time, yeah. hey, I'm just happy I'm on, man. I really appreciate it. I truly do. This one's on the house. All right. Alex Brown, yes. the great all-time great of the Chicago Thank Bears. Thanks so much for being here. And thanks so much to everybody for joining us here tonight. We really do appreciate it. Thursday, we should be dropping a podcast. Uh, listen, it's Super Bowl week. I'm super busy, but we're going to get it done. We're going to have cash on. We're going to have a special guest. So until that time, we will see you. Sammy, why don't you play us out? And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.